Who it is it is law and Javi got <laughs> I'm subscribing to that name. That's me. And this is Goodnight Harlem. For those of you who don't know, we are two transplants from California and Michigan. And I can't wait for this episode actually. I can't wait. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Some of our black cars are gonna get revoked in this episode. No, mine has been revoked multiple times over. So this isn't just this is the first. But this episode first, is um, another chance for our listeners to re-revoke your car. Yeah, because <laughs> darkness, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm about to lose some black cards, but let's start as we always do with hyper good nights. For those of you who are new, hyper good nights are our way of talking about trending topics. We hype things we like. We good night things that we don't like. So Avia, let's start with the food wars. Mm. Have you been seeing this? Please tell me you've been paying I've attention. I've been seeing it. I've been reading it. I've been eating you it. You synced it? I synced it. I ate it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I read about it. One of the things that have been killing me the most is the memes that are coming out of this stuff. So Popeye's releasing chicken sandwich. And of course, you know, Chick-fil-A already had their chicken sandwich. So then all these memes have circulated over the past couple of weeks. And then out of nowhere, out of the blue, we get news and win. KFC is going to have a Beyond Meat, and Burger King is also going to have a Beyond Impossible Burger, basically. Beyond Impossible. Like, it, it is it, it's impossible. It's just not even possible that a cow's not in it. So, at this point, I want to know your take on all four. Where do you stand? Like, are you are you hyping all the new products that are Are you good night in them? Which ones are you hyped for? Give me your go. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to hype everything but Chick-fil-A. What? Yeah, for for real. It's funny because literally two weeks before this whole Popeyes versus Chick Fil A thing came out, I put on my stories. Chick Fil A is overrated, and can I tell you, I lost some friendships in my DMs. Why would you say that? Because it is overrated. There's no reason so why anyone should her stand black, no, no. outside. Her black card has to be revoked. You cannot go on record and you say You haven't even had the chicken that I'm talking about to even revoke what, my card. What is possibly wrong with chicken? There's nothing wrong with it. It's overrated. So just because I say something's overrated doesn't mean that something's wrong with it. It's just not worth the, it's not worth the hype. It's not oh, worth yeah. the hype of standing outside of the establishment in Wait line no. for a $10 chicken sandwich with a couple pickles on it. Like, for real. No, if, if somebody's a supermodel and then one of your friends meets them and goes, man, she overrated. You're telling that's me that's not negative? Opinion. You're telling me that's not negative? That's not something that's against That's their you. opinion. I and I can't see what they see through their eyes. Just like no one can taste what I taste through my taste buds. And when I say it's overrated, it is. Now, I got the Popeye's joint the other day. And it was literally limited to one per customer. That's how crazy it was. When we were standing in line for it, they literally told us there's only 30 sandwiches left. This was at 1 p.m. in the middle of the day. So that tells you something. The sandwich was amazing. And I'm not saying that because y'all know I'm a Popeye's biscuits enthusiast. Like you, I'm just, you are. I'm you're a biased. Popeye's enthusiast all around. But you have to own that you're biased. Yes, I am biased. But this chicken was crispy, and it was large. Like it took over the whole bun. It, like it needed two buns. I'm not even lying. 
And then at some point, about three quarters into my sandwich, it tasted like there was a biscuit inside. Like it was like a magical experience. I could barely finish it. It was so filling. So I'm going to hype Popeyes. I think what they need to do is produce more chicken because as Chick-fil-A said, we don't run out of chicken sandwiches. Whatever, Chick. Exactly. That's what they're known for. What is Popeye's known for? Fried chicken on the bone. So if they run out of tenders, it's not a big deal. They're known for fried chicken on the bone. That's their thing. They're known for chicken. That was the point. All right, but they're not known for that chicken sandwich. They didn't. They weren't prepared for this. As far as the the meatless options, I'm hyping that up as well. I feel like for the vegans, say you know they're on a road trip somewhere and everyone in the car decides to stop at a Burger King and the vegans feel like all they have is like a salad to choose from. Now there's more options for them. Hopefully they, you know, are worth the hype and they don't fall short. But I think it's cool that these fast food places are even exploring that. That's dope. I'm gonna try those too. Shoot. All right. You you gave a full four minutes on this. That's this because is I had un- the sandwich. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I think I'm you gonna... need to tell the, the audience too mm-hmm. about your eating preferences too. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah. And this leans right into the whole black car book. So I don't eat deep fried food. For those of you who don't know, I don't eat deep fried food at all. I don't you know what care that whether means? it's that means he doesn't fries. understand why Chick Fil A is overrated. Yeah, I've had their grilled chicken sandwich. That's what I've had. It's from not her. the same. It's good though. I love the sauce. It's good. All right. So, but let me chime in on this. I am. I'm gonna hype everything across the board for one reason. Because one of the things that I appreciate about restaurants in this day and age, especially casual dining, is innovation. I think what Chick-fil-A was able to do in terms of innovation, as crazy as this sounds, because people don't view them as an innovative thing, they made going to their restaurant the experience, not actually the food. Great customer service. I will yeah. appreciate so then that. When I think about what Popeye's is doing, they took from what what they saw was happening on the Chick-fil-A end and said, we have a market share that we haven't truly tapped into. Let's create our own sandwich. Little did they know that this was going to turn into something so gigantic that they can't keep track of it. Then there is KFC. KFC is one of those companies that people view as a yums brand that isn't doing as much as their sister and brother. So they're part of Yums and they Yums owns Taco Bell and a whole bunch of other companies like Pizza Hut and etc. Well, how do you separate yourself from those other companies? Well, put something out and be the first to do it within your, you know, space. Who else has a beyond or impossible anything related to chicken? It's them. They're the pioneer now. I think the, the, the last part of innovation to me that means more than anything else outside of customer experience, outside of everything else, is putting yourself on, on a plane where nobody else wants to be on. And Burger King is doing something that McDonald's is afraid to do, Wendy's is afraid to do. Every single one of them are afraid to tackle what Burger King is doing. Now, I just talked about KFC doing it, but with the Beyond Burger craze, I think... Impossible Burger. Well, sorry, Impossible Burger. <laughs> but with, with with the Impossible Burger thing, I think McDonald's has made it very clear. We don't know if this is sustainable. We also don't feel like it's profitable for us. So why would we do it? So on the flip side, you also have Wendy's not being committal to that. You have 
uh, every major burger joint saying this is a bad idea. They gonna learn and today. Burger King is like, ah, oh, double middle fingers to all of you. We're gonna do what we're gonna do. I'm proud of that. This should this kind of shit that should have been happening years ago. And I wish it didn't take this many years for us to get to the point where we're like, oh, I respect people who try to innovate shit. But that's my two cents. So hype everybody. Let's move on. Um, Ivy got me and you spoke about a bunch of topics earlier today, and I think one of the things that we knew could come into play was what's been happening in Vermont. In new in the news, uh, it was announced back in 2018 that Vermont would start to give people $10,000 over the course of two years to either work there or commute from afar and just have their residence in Vermont. Now, with all that said, Avia, hyper good night to Vermont trying to entice people with a little stipend. I'm going to hype that. Um, I looked up how much houses cost in Vermont because, you know, I've never been. And they seem to range between 29000 <laughs> to oh like 400000 um, and so anything that you can do to boost your economy, I'm all for. And I'm also all for home ownership. And I think that if I can get paid the New York salary and work remote and move to Vermont and own a house because owning property in New York is almost impossible as the impossible burger. So true. Like, go for it. I think this will really force people, probably millennials and, and younger people who feel like they don't have a family to um, to have to keep together as far as like kids and a wife and everything like that who can pick up and go. I think this will allow us millennials to be able to make different like alternative life choices that could lead to just successful futures. Like who knows what could happen from that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's an amazing opportunity. Now, will I take it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I don't know if my job will let me do something like that. But I think for those people who have that ability, it will allow them so much freedom and so much like stability that they would not have otherwise if they lived in like a metropolitan city like new york or dc where prices are skyrocketing just to even survive me and you have a little in common a little not in common i will say this much um you hype nighting it what are you doing yeah ah so here's here's why come on here's why this can't be a come on (laughs) so anyway um i'm hype nighting this because one, I don't think you're going to convince millennials that Vermont is the place that they want to be unless they're genuinely interested in wilderness. And not only that, but they have to be genuinely interested not to be able to have a good time around their peers because none of their peers will be there. So Vermont as a, a state has around 600,000 people. The area in Harlem that we live in has more people than that. With that being said, I don't know how you're convincing anybody that this is a good idea if nobody right now has decided on their own, this is where I want to be. That's my two cents. I just don't see what this does that's great for them. I mean, my thing is this. Like I said, if you live in New York and you're making like 90000 a 100000 a year, let's just put this arbitrary number out there, and your job allows you flexibility to really kind of live anywhere... And Vermont's giving you an extra 10K, which you probably don't really need at that point, but you'll take it to move there. You can pretty much buy a house out there, cost of living dumb cheap out there, and not have to be in Vermont the whole time. So I think for Vermont's sake, I don't know how much it's going to boost the economy because 
a lot of people could just use that as a way of having property and doing what they want to with it and just living somewhere else. But for your own lifestyle, you, you're free to do whatever. And you have a place to stay when it comes down to it. Now, it may be in the woods. Yeah. But just know you can hop on a flight the next day and go to D.C. and see your friends and work from home in D.C. And, like, who knows? Like, Of course, Avia finds the optimism in that. I'm a Sagittarius. This is what we do. So as we transition into our main topic today, we're going to go all in on what it means to be pro-black and also kind of what it means to question someone's blackness based on that and what does that actually even mean in the first place i think this is going to be a harder conversation to have because all of this stuff is subjective there's no way to be definitive in any way when you're talking about what it means to be pro-black or what it means to be uh representative of the culture in the proper way like there's no or clear... are you less black when you're not representative yeah of the culture? I, and, and by the way categorizing anything as black or not black, all this shit is just ridiculous in the first place but i think the conversation is worth having because it was a conversation that i started over the weekend and just kind of it kind of turned into like three or four conversations actually And a big part of this started from me having to reflect on myself in the middle of a conversation when somebody said to me, do you feel like you are a black advocate? Do you advocate for the embetterment of black people? And I'm like, of course. What? That's not even the question. I want us to be better. I want us to do better. And this is not to exclude or say that others shouldn't also do better, but I want us to be better than what we've been allowed to be in the past that's really where that stems from but that wasn't all that wasn't it that wasn't enough the conversation didn't extend itself what are you doing to be that person and that's where it gets tricky because then the next follow-up question to that is do you support black businesses i was like of course i support black businesses and then he says but in what way What's the last thing that you actually purchased and was it from a black business? The answer was a shirt. No, I didn't purchase that from a black business. He's like, what's the thing before that? I was like, a suit. He's like, did you get that from a black business? I said, no. He said, well, why not? And the, the answer is very, very simple for me. One, I go to where I know the quality is going to be well. Two, I go to where I'm going to get the most sensible and reasonable price. And then three, even bigger than that, I go to places that to me, I feel like has the best talent pool, period. It does not matter. Now that thought, those that line of sentencing, everything that I just said there did not sit well with anybody in the room. And I think a part of the reason why it didn't sit well is because then it sounded like I was being anti-black because I am in the mindset of Let me find something that's the best possible thing, regardless of their background or race to that extent. And when I say background, I mean how they were raised. With all that being said, it still would behoove us to have people in these positions of power. It would behoove us to have, you know, businesses that we could help to thrive. And there are statistics on this stuff, which we'll talk about a little later. But where they were pushing me to was to 
think outside of what I've been doing. And that's what's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to adjust the way you think. So like, let's say you're going to go pick up a pair of socks. Do you even think about socks as an even real purchase? You're just like, okay, it's socks. I'm going to go get socks from the cheapest place I can get socks from. But is your first piece of mind like, I got to find socks that are from a black store? A black store or, or a black, black owned, owned sock business? Because you have a black store selling items that were made or that were created or have accompanied by a white person. Yep. Or a non black person. So I can go into a freaking beauty supply store and maybe the store is black owned, but if I go in there and I buy a L'Oreal shampoo, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what like I don't know how I, we got the L'Oreal shampoo? I'm just saying, like, I'm if I go in there and I don't buy a a black owned product, I go in there and I buy a L'Oreal hair dye or something like that, but it's not like a Shea Moisture. Well, it used does to be, that say something about you if you don't? I guess to your friends, it probably would. But what does that mean to you? Does that does it matter? To some extent, I think it does matter. But I can honestly say for myself, I know that there's more that I can do to support black businesses and black black people as a whole. Like, I'm part of this Howard Google group. We're basically like, we will email each other when we need recommendations on certain things or if we know about an event that's happening, we'll let each other know. And it's a pretty expansive group, right? Um, and it's just a good group to have in New York to have for networking purposes or just, you know, just just for information. And so from time to time, there will be people that will say, does anyone know a good black dentist in New York? Does anyone right. know a good black right. gyno in Brooklyn? Like, And they will purposely put that out there. And I can honestly say for myself, none of my medical people are black. My dentist is white. See, this, My this. acupuncturist is Chinese because I don't know how many black acupuncturists there are, but... Um, my optometrist, optometrist is Asian. So do so, you, what is your thoughts on that though? Like, so for instance, if you don't get, you don't get to choose those people. See, this yes, makes it difficult. Do. This makes it yes, difficult because do. they would argue on the flip. No, but, you, you but to what extent? All you have to do is go to ZocDoc. Come on, you know. Look under your no, insurance you, this, and you can see who falls. You know, you like, know what, what I what are mean. You, saying? you know what I mean. Like, yes, you can see the picture of a person who has the expertise there, but it doesn't mean you even really work with just that person because they have all these other people around them. Okay. Like the co-assistants, co-assistant of the co-assistant of the assistant. But at the end of the day, you're still supporting that black doctor when you come in and you have an appointment with them. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's not to say that I'm anti-black medical people because the one time I did go to, um, one was a black dermatologist and I don't feel like she helped me out. And that was just my one experience. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm never going to any black dermatologist ever again because of that one experience. But what I do is, I think, and I think this is what most people do is, we tend to look for, one, high ratings in whatever we're looking for, right? And that's not to say that doesn't fall under black people, but that's just a one, one point of it all. Secondly, we're looking for conveniency, so if I'm looking for a pair of socks, am I going to go to Target where I can know I can just get a six pack or am I going to Google black sock brands Damn. and find a sock brand and then 
purchase the socks and wait seven to 10 days to get them. And so unfortunately, because black businesses do not run the gamut of every industry or every product. Ooh, big facts. It takes more effort to support them. And as people, not just black people, we want to do things the most efficient way possible. Especially if it's a mundane thing like buying socks, right? Yes. But And that's the unfortunate thing. Like, we, I go into beauty supply stores all the time. They're always ran by non-black people. Asian, Indian, whatever. So that means you're spending your dollars in the wrong place is basically what they were saying to me. Do you feel like you're spending your dollars in the wrong place if you go there? Oh, sure. But guess what? The, the beauty supply stores that are closest to me, that are the most convenient to me, where I know the products just happen to be that. Now, can I take the extra initiative to research black beauty supply stores in New York? I sure can. But if the closest one to me is an hour away from my house, where are the chances that I'm going to be frequent frequenting that place whenever I need something? Because I go to the beauty supply store like every other week. No lie. I'm a black girl with black hair. I need products. I need this. I need a comb. I need a scarf. I need. You never know what I need. Some edge control. I'm not gonna be going down to Brooklyn every time I need some edge control. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm gonna say this one thing and one thing only. When, when I think of majority of things that I purchase and or that I'm around, I rarely ever make a decision based on and this is fucked up to say out loud but whatever i rarely ever our make, cards are already revoked right <laughs> I, re- I know but i know somebody can take this and just run with it so i'm giving context before i get to like the hairy stage of it mm-hmm. please don't take this out of context <laughs> please um i know i don't make my decisions based on who is behind the counter a lot of times. And what I mean that what I mean by that is just what I was saying before. It's really ever like, oh, I went into this this place because I have a relationship with this person, or I went into this place because I've I want to support this cause. I don't I'm not that person. I'm also in marketing. So a lot of the shit, like purpose driven marketing and all those things don't really they just bounce off me because I think like it's all bull. But when it comes down to wanting to be supportive and trying to be supportive, that's another thing. So, like, when Harlem Week happens on 135th, mm-hmm. I go out of my way to support as many of those businesses as I can. I'll buy food from them. I don't care whether it, what, what it is. I'll try to buy whatever I can from them. And then if there's anything I see that else that I want, then I'll, I'll purchase it. But I think this is something that kind of Killer Mike brought up. We do need an app that does the work for us that tells us, hey, black owned business here within X radius from you. Mm-hmm. And Killer Mike, even on the show that he had on Netflix, I don't know if you got to see that at all. One of the closest black businesses to him was like, it was at least 10 miles away. And if you were just riding a bike, that's a long way to go. So then, like, when distance plays a factor, no dis- again, no disrespect, not saying that I wouldn't go. But damn, convenience is a lo- means a lot to people, and convenience also means a lot to me. Okay, I'm not. I'm done making excuses for that. Okay, Can go. I just say one one quick point? It does trickle down into us not choosing to take the initiative to support certain black businesses. Um, and that's what I was going to own. It definitely own trickles that. down into how that plays out for the business because if we did, so say there's a great 
store that sells everything. They sell shea butter. They sell this. They sell that. Whatever. They sell whatever. And they're black owned. And they're all the way in Brooklyn, right? And we live all the way in Harlem. The chances of us visiting that store often, probably slim, slim to none. But if we visited that store often, and if everyone else from Harlem did as well, because they realized the value of that store, guess what? Now that store owner has enough revenue and capital to build a store in Harlem. And that's how they can expand. So, I mean, in the grand in scheme theory. of things, yes, we are contributing to their success or not. Yeah, I, I'm i not arguing that. I agree. We just need to do better. It's easy to say that. I know, I know, I know. We just have to take the initiative of researching. The same way we research what we talk about on this podcast. Like, I mean, think about it. It's a click on Google, and we just don't think to do that. Um, So, before I, I transition to the next part of that discussion... One of the statistics that I was looked up, and me and I were kind of talking about this even before the pod, um, and it, it, this is something that comes from Kellogg School of Management in, at Northwestern. The university found that between half a million and a million jobs could be created in higher income black household, so long as higher income black households spent $1 out of every $10 at black owned stores and other enterprises now that's a big deal like really think about that if one out of every ten dollars was spent on a black business or at a black enterprise do you guys know what that means but everyone has to do it though and that's the problem i think that's a bigger problem with our culture as far as like coming together to do things sometimes i don't feel like as a black culture, we come together to drive change where we can. Right. Because if I just do it and you just do it, it's not gonna. It's gonna be a blip in the bucket. It does, it's not gonna mean anything. I agree. So. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't. You know how when you're younger, though, it it, it normally starts from just one person. It's no different than when you think about a recycling program. It started with just one person saying, we need to change this. And then that person started a group. And then that group became bigger. And then each one of their voices are heard. And then recycling becomes not only a thing amongst local communities, but it becomes a national story. This, in our own community, is something that should be our version of recycling. We should care about this that much. And for whatever reason, we don't. And maybe it is maybe it is convenience playing into it. Maybe it is uh, familiar familiar. Wow, I can't even say it right now. Maybe it is that playing into it with us as well. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So maybe just a segue. What happens when one person takes a stance, and maybe another person takes a stance, and the rest of the community doesn't follow, like in the Kaepernick situation. I think that's that's interesting, too, because I think when we think about being pro-black, there goes that the subjectivity in it there. If you're not a part of the cause, then that must mean you're against it. And that's not necessarily how things work. I could honestly listen to Kanye West's album. I could purchase Adidas Kanye shoes and not support his views that he aligns with Trump. Does that make sense? 
It makes sense, but like I said, everything trickles into one thing. So just because you don't support his views doesn't mean you're not supporting him because you're supporting him in a monetary fashion. You're buying his shoes. You're you're streaming his album. He's making this money. He's feeling empowered to say and do the things that he can do. And who knows what he will do with that money with the views that he has. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like everything matters when you really think about it. And just like you said, if one if every family spent one out of ten dollars at a black business, how much it would thrive, that just goes to show how much everything matters. Right. I just think it's really interesting that in the in the Kaepernick situation, how much I feel like the black community has been divided by things that have happened as of recently with the Jay Z situation. Yeah. And I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Because if anyone knows law, he is he knows pretty much everything about the NFL and the makings of the NFL and the behind the scenes. So I wanted to know, are you for Jay-Z's decision to partner with them? Or do you feel like this could cause backlash and not work in his favor or the NFL? It's already NFL's caused favor. backlash. I mean, That's but not I'm just, a question. Okay, That's so I mean, not to cause backlash, but this could end up being a bad move for him. Uh, I think it could, be, it could end up being a bad move for him. But ultimately where I stand on this is, um, number one, I try my hardest not to, to watch other people's pockets or clock other people's money. I really do. I really try to stay away from that and just worry kind of about my own money, my own situations I have to take care of. I'm going to start with that. But when it comes down to our discussion around pro-blackness and not, this has been a central divide with the community. People have taken one side or the other and felt like the other people were being too extreme. Um, and I think there's duality there. I think you could you could feel both instances and potentially be right based on your own thought behind what's happening here. If you think that this is all orchestrated bullshit and Jay-Z taking a money grab, you could be right. <laughs> But if you, on the flip side, think of it as you need a seat at the table to change the way that the table's structured. And if he's taking a little bit of money, he can garner knowledge from that. And then he can also potentially end up getting a stake in a team, which then you could actually change things if you have a stake in the team. And these kind of things won't happen with other people if you have a stake in the team. Do you feel like them adding so, Jay-Z is in response to the backlash for the NFL not supporting Kaepernick. Yes. I think it's odd because it's almost like the NFL doesn't want to be, like they don't want to be responsible for Kaepernick having a job back with the NFL. Like they need a buffer or a barrier, which that could be Jay-Z. It's like Jay-Z was the one who did it. Because my thing is, if they really want to create this change, yes, they could have hired him back a long time ago. But even if Colin gets his job back, what does that really solve? Yeah. And and then what does that mean for your your original Colin Kaepernick's original stance of kneeling was for um protesting p- police brutality and bringing awareness to it. Bringing awareness to it, but and I know he's done a lot of things during his time off or away, but him being back on a team is not going to stop police brutality. And I don't even know if him kneeling brought more awareness to police brutality than police continuing to kill black people all the time 
during the time that he hasn't had a job. So I'm just going to be very transparent with this. So one, Jay-Z responded to something in a way that made me think that he did not talk to enough PR people and did not get prepped enough by enough PR people to bring in the news reporters that he had come in. He brought in all black news reporters, including Charlemagne, who's not necessarily a true journalist. <laughs> he he brought in a whole like he wanted them to come in and if you guys have hard questions, we want to answer them. That was one of the, it was supposed to be a, a very open QA situation. But Jay-Z's commentary around kneeling is to me where he dropped the ball in all this. Mm-hmm. You don't get to say we're past that. You're not the person out there kneeling. That's a misstep on his behalf. Now, I understand the idea around thinking forward and et cetera and how we want action and not just words. We want action and not just kneeling. I get all that. But to say we're past that when you didn't actually have to go through any of that. Hove did that. So hopefully you don't have to go through that. So <laughs> And Hove didn't do it this time. <laughs> and, and that's the problem. And so that's where I feel like he starts the fuck up. That's where, in my opinion, he took one false step. And that was just commentary. But then when you get into the crooks of what he says after that, we're partnering with the NFL to be used as an entertainment vessel. But we're also partnering with the NFL to work in terms of how they communicate and what they do around social injustice and around minorities. Okay, cool. So he can he can do both of those things. Like he can ideally say some muddy shit and fuck up, but then he can also do the thing that he said he would do, which is where I didn't think the NFL would ever do anything with rappers aside from just having them on a show. You feel like they're desperate at this point for whatever reason? I don't. I to, wouldn't call it desperation. To create ties I call it, between I black call, people and I call it marketing. What they're doing is using his equity within the black community to just shut people up. And that's why I think a huge part of me is like, you know what, Jay Z? I really hope you follow through on everything. Everything that we hope from this situation, whatever that may be, I, I just feel like it's super vague. But I don't know if it's pro black or anti-black or if my black card should be revoked for me having the feeling that this is all bullshit like literally just like using jay-z as a pawn i mean the dude is 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 head creative whatever of who gets to perform at super bowl that is not an issue <laughs> like, yeah I, and so i feel like it, it's just like a, a nice fancy title and it's a nice fancy way of saying hey we are extending this olive branch to the black community through a person that it seems like they all seem to root for and hopefully we can get you guys back on our side i wrote something about this actually which which stirred the pot in one of my group chats it which, just seems faulty which is fine after one of my friends says jay-z she was reading the article that Jamel Hill had wrote. Mm -hmm. And this is the quote from Jamel Hill article. Jay-Z has given the NFL exactly what it wanted. Guilt-free access to black audiences, culture, mm -hmm. entertainers, and influencers. Mm -hmm. She said, my friend says, I'm disappointed in him. I watched some of the press release and a lot of Jay-Z's answers about this issue. It was kind of like a, hmm, well. So, everyone goes further to say... With that said, the only way that this could be made better is if he actually partnered with Colin Kaepernick and Collins becomes the president of this organization. Colin becomes the president? Of the organization that Jay is running. Oh. Okay. Okay. I said, 
Are you really disappointed in a businessman making a business deal in a capitalistic wait, wait. American society? He's not a businessman. He's a businessman. Okay. Aside from the jokes, I was saying, are you really disappointed in a businessman making a business deal in a capitalistic America? This isn't that deep, in my opinion. If that's the case, are you also disappointed with all the black NFL players still playing the game? Now, everybody's like, oh, these are false equivalents. You cannot do that. This is not the same. Jay-Z's already a billionaire. These guys are not billionaires. These guys, this is their work. So here's where I go in. Because one of my friends says, employees and owners are not the same. I don't think Jay is a bad man. I think he's focused on his family and his business. Everything else, including social justice, takes a back seat. He is not the same as us. Don't get it twisted. A billion dollar changes anybody. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, so Jay-Z, who's helped, Black Lives Matter members multiple times over, bailed protesters out of jail, created a documentary about Trayvon Martin and Khalif Broder, doesn't care about social justice. Okay, bye. All, all I'm ever trying to say in any of this is, on one end, you have to own that this person has shown all the signs to tell you and prove out that they believe in social justice. On the other end, you also have to understand that we're in a capitalistic society, so if this person can see fit to make more money, go do that. I just think that Jamel Hill hit it on the head. He, she hit it on the head because he's giving them what they want. He's giving them the access. He's giving, he's giving them access to the people that have turned their backs on the NFL. And the one group of people that uh, us people that are watching this whole situation play out that we wanted to turn their backs on the NFL were the actual players. But I understand how hard that can be. But like I said in past episodes, I still feel like, like I said, there's power in numbers. So just like you said, if one person does it and another person does it, look what can happen. Now you have a situation where one person has kneeled. Two people have kneeled. One person is out of a job. And it has cre created this chaos that has deflected from the original issue. If Colin becomes president of whatever organization attached to Jay-Z, if Colin gets back on a team that's owned by Jay-Z or JD or whoever is a black owner, whatever the case is, we still have that issue. The original issue for why he kneeled still exists, which yeah. means that this was all done for nothing, absolutely nothing. And so I understand Jay-Z has a track record of doing all these things to show that he he cares about the black community to a certain extent. But him making this deal with the enemy or with the slave traders, with slave <laughs> owners, with the with the with okay. you know, with the NFL, there he's talking about actionable items. There has to be results. So if we talk about action, there has to be a reaction and a result from that action. And if there's not, everyone from the black community that the NFL claims that he he tries to help so much is gonna turn their backs on him. And is that pro-black? I don't know, but is it pro-black of him to take this deal and not do something that causes a positive result? And that's the thing, that's the dilemma. If you do wanna create mass awareness, who are you turning your back on if you do that? And are you comfortable in that? And in Jay-Z's case, he had to make a decision. He made a decision that could cost him equity within the community that's built him up. That's hard. Kanye West lost all of his equity. Hmm. Just by putting on a hat. He didn't care. He cared. But it's... Oh, trust, he cared. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kanye's a sensitive guy. Yeah. But, 
My thing is, was it pro-black of him to put on that hat? But yet claiming that he cares about the black community by having his Sunday service and whatever, this community he's trying to build for, <laughs> you know, like the lower income housing on his property, like whatever, he, whatever igloo buildings he's trying to build. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's almost like these people are taking like one step forward and like three steps back. And it's hard for us to even figure out What's your motivation? What are you representing? Like, where are you going with this? Are you on our team? And I think for a lot of people, it's it's hard for us to see someone who may have come from less than what we came from, but have created a bigger life for themselves than we could ever imagine. It's hard for us to look at them and us as the same. Because like you said, they could be so far away from what reality is. You're surrounding yourselves by billionaires, millionaires, and people that can make you more money. And the times that you do surround yourself by people that are like us, you and me, or when you're bailing protesters out of jail, what like what gives? What is the reality for you, you know? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like for them. I would have to be in that position to know. And so back to our larger point around this though. So as far as whether or not I'm for or against Jay-Z, I think I could see the duality of it. I don't like the fact that people are coming for his neck and head. And this is not me being a Jay-Z defender because I'm not a stan of his. But I would say this much. Let it play out. Stop jumping to conclusions so early. I mean, this is what we do. Does everybody have to get their hot take out in the first five seconds? Just like what we did. Um, <laughs> no, like I, I'm not... I'm not here saying that he's right or wrong. Yeah. I'm saying the one thing that he did, he fumbled his words. Yeah. When you fumble your words, the media can pounce on that and then it could potentially lead to worse shit. But when it comes down to whether or not he was pro-black, I think it depends on what your stance is around his position. He's made it clear that he still believes in social injustice. So, okay, got it. You follow through your word. What else actually makes you pro-black? Like, that's what we were trying to get to. And if what makes you pro-black just means you agree with the group, well, that's a fucked up system you have. But that's just me. My other thing that I wanted to bring up before we end up closing this out officially, I think it's hard to, to maintain a level of pro quote-unquote pro-blackness if you're not doing the work. I think Jay-Z has proved that he's done the work before. I myself have not done that. So who am I to criticize somebody who's actually in the position and doing what they're supposed to be doing? I have to at least meet a status quo before I even do anything. It's going to take me a long time to get into the habit of seeking out things that are black owned. But that is my goal. I've just put that into my lexicon. I put that in my mind already. That is something that's going to happen moving forward. And I do care about all kinds of issues. I do care about helping us out because if we don't help one another, then I don't know what's going to happen. But I think on the flip side, and I know we spoke about this earlier, offline, we have to hold people accountable. Well, so, we also have to just be accountable. A true, not just people. That's factual. But we should not support just because someone is black. And that's another thing. And just because you, there's a black business doesn't mean that it's a good black business, doesn't mean that they're a reputable black business, doesn't mean that they uh, do things in a timely fashion or provide good services. Just like, no, but just like on the flip side, there are a ton of white businesses or non-black businesses that may have 
bad ratings or that don't do things the way that they should. So I think that on one hand, yes. Yeah, but this is what I was telling you when we were having that discussion earlier. If you choose not to go with the black-owned business, mm-hmm. even if they have the lower rating, that's you being potentially anti-black. Period. That's how people view that. Listen, if I see anything with a low rating, if I'm looking for a restaurant and it could be whatever food, but there is a black-owned restaurant on Yelp that has two, one out of however many stars and people are literally writing I only gave it one star because Yelp won't let me give it zero stars I'm not going to sit here and be like well it's black owned I need to support my people and go there and have the same experience as that other Yelper I the way that I subscribe to things is I am going to find the best of the best if I'm spending my money there now if I find a black owned restaurant that has four stars or however many stars are the most and I find a white-owned business, then yes, at that point, I can say on a on an equal scale, I should probably choose the black-owned business. But I'm not going to sit here and support necessarily a business that needs to learn from their mistakes or um, has bad service or whatever the case is. Just on a general scale, I'm not going to choose something that has low ratings as a human being. Like, that's just that's just me. And I feel like at some point we need to hold black businesses and all businesses accountable. So if you're going to give a low rating for something, make sure it's deserving of that. If you're going to give a high rating, same thing. But I can't I can't endorse a product or a service that is not what it should be, no matter who it came from. And I think if you want to call me not pro-black at that point, that's fine. But I want to be confident in where I spend my money. So before we we leave off, I want to ask you one last question. What is the last, don't count yourself, what is the last thing you actually purchased that was black owned? That was black owned hair products. This was like two months ago. I don't. And and do you, do you not frequent this place? Uh, I mean, well, see, and so this is. Did you just hit me with a, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I mean, what, what I'm. So this is where, this is where I circle back and I go to my original statement of if you go to an Asian owned beauty supply store or black owned beauty supply store and buy L'Oreal, like how are you really supporting the black owned business? I went to my beauty supply store, which is not black owned and I bought a black owned product. So. On one side, I supported another person of color. On another side, I supported a black business by buying their product. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Oh, I take that back. I went to Amy Roof's last last weekend. You think Amy Roof's is still owned by black people? Mm-hmm. Is it not? I'm asking. Do you genuinely think so? I hope it is. Is it not? <laughs> okay. Well, no. all right. No, wait, wait. That's me, a real let me, question. Let me let me do this. Because that's a, that's another thing, though. Black people, we get a little bit of success, and then when other cultures want to capitalize on our success, we sell out to them. So now we think that we're supporting uh, what's always been a black business, and then it would take a little bit of research for us to realize, oh wait, they sold this restaurant to this person three years ago, and this whole time I thought I was supporting my own. 
And you can think, you can say that about Shea Moisture. You can say that about BT. Whatever the case is, these are larger companies, but this happens all the time. Carol's daughter, like so. That's that's another thing. That is another thing. If we actually kept our own, our own, maybe we might be more successful in different avenues when it comes to set products, restaurants, other things that we produce. What? Um, is Amy Roos not black owned? That's debatable. And for anyone who doesn't know what Amy Roots is, it's this popular soul food restaurant in Harlem that specializes in chicken and waffles and everything on the menu. They they have a plethora of things, soul food, everything. Everything on the menu is named after a prominent black person. So to even hear that they sold themselves to a non-black person would be incredibly disheartening. I'm just saying. When was the last time you supported a black business, not including my own? I told you, Harlem Week. Oh, Harlem Week. Okay. Yeah. I think I want to leave on this note. Um, If nothing else, I did learn from myself that being supportive of black businesses can change a lot culturally. I also learned that ultimately no one entity, no one person can make you feel as if what you're doing isn't the right move if you feel in your heart of hearts you're making the right move then do that now i will say this much if you can help help at max capacity do as much as you possibly can if not i'll see you on the other side damn that's all i got it's like that it's like that it's like this and like that and like this and well i'm glad that we both can admit to uh not doing the most or admitting to needing to do more when it comes to supporting our own. Especially for myself, I have my own business, Bleach by Avia, plug. But um, I think in that aspect, I should even I should even support even more because, because I know what it takes to create a business as a black woman. There you go. Yeah. Well, just like that, you hear the music. Catch us on Google Play, SoundCloud, Instagram. Man, y'all know where we at. Good night.